Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're Identical, Identical Twins. Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. All right, I'm Carrie. I'm Kelly. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. Hey, everybody. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. We can still say happy. We can totally still say it, you yeah. guys. It's yeah. not over. Of course. The church doesn't celebrate Easter for just one day. I want to celebrate it all year. <laughs> so, I mean, officially, according to the Christian calendar, what is it? <laughs> well, I mean, I say we celebrate it for the full eight weeks Okay, after Easter. But, I mean, the seventh Sunday of that mm -hmm. is... When we celebrate Ascension Sunday. Oh, okay. And then the eighth Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Okay. So that's, you know, the big, all of the stories that happen after Christ was raised. Right, sure. So it still all happened after and, Easter. And there's lots of good music to and go with all of those weeks. Such great music. This is Hymn Talk, Twin, Twin Talk. Talk. <laughs> so this concept, Carrie, of celebrating Easter for weeks might be new to some people. Okay. I mean, in our Baptist church tradition, mm -hmm. we don't really follow the church calendar, but there are lots of churches that do, and we sort of do it a little bit at our church. Yeah. I mean, we celebrate Lent, we celebrate Easter, right. and again, when yesterday came and went, and we didn't want Easter to be over. Right. So I I actually remember, Kelly, when you first started talking about having Easter be a longer season right. in the church. And it was kind of funny. Like you, She had to sort of explain to everybody in the congregation that Easter's not over. Right. And even though two, three, four weeks had passed, we were still talking about Jesus' resurrection. Right. And we were still singing Easter hymns. And right. it felt great to do that. And it was almost like... How come we haven't been doing that all along? I know. Like, that makes so much sense. Well, you know what's funny? Um, there's a, a little bit of, like, disagreement in Ooh. the church music world. Okay, we can have our little sound. <laughs> I know. So, people say, you know, churches that are a little bit more independent, mm -hmm. you know, um, and especially American churches where they're like, you know, we can do what we want. Right. Um, they don't want to be told that, you know, to do something that everyone else is doing. Okay. And yet some churches find it really comforting to know mm -hmm. that at that moment in time, every church in their denomination is reading the same scriptures, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. celebrating the same sorts of things. And that is important to them. It unites the body of Christ. And so I really do see both sides of it. Right. So yesterday, yeah, Sunday, is the eighth day of Easter. Oh, we could totally have on the eighth day of Easter, my, my true love, love gave, gave to, to me. me. <laughs> I mean, what? Eight more eggs? Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So what are we saying? So this, so this, this second Sunday of okay. Easter, the eighth day of Easter, sure. is traditionally and historically called Thomas Sunday. Oh, do you know why it would be called Thomas Sunday? Okay, I'm going to take a wild guess. Okay. <laughs> um, is that the day that Tho that Doubting Thomas in the New Testament would have gone to see Jesus? Oh, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> there you go. So yes, Carrie, Christian traditions that commemorate this day do recall the biblical account recorded to have happened on this same eighth day. So this is from John 20. What does the Bible <laughs> say? This is John 20, 26 through 29. Eight days later, 
His disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So it is because of this scripture passage that this day is called Thomas Sunday. That's so interesting. Does every week have a name? They do have different names. Okay, well, we won't tell them all We won't get too much into it. But I will tell you, Carrie, that there's other names for this day besides Thomas. Oh, I say go with Thomas. But go ahead. What's another one? We do love the name Thomas in our family, (laughs) don't we? Um, Another name that it's called Mm -hmm. is Divine Mercy Sunday. Divine Mercy. There's a lot of celebrations that take place in the Catholic Church. And on this day? Yep. Yep. How about there's an Italian feast of Our Lady of the Hens? Do you have to eat hens? (laughs) And there's a Chilean, in Chile, Quasimodo festival. Interesting. And usually the Sacrament of Reconciliation is administered. So if we have Catholics listening, they are going to probably know all of these things and recognize all of it. Okay. All of these festivals include a Eucharistic procession. Now, one of those words almost seems like it doesn't belong. Like Quasimodo? <laughs> yes, Carrie. Why? How does that happen? I love this story. Okay, so the name Quasimodo, Carrie, comes from the Latin introit that is typically used on this day. I'm not going to try to say it in Latin, okay. but it is based on 1 Peter 2, 2. And it says, as newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation. So that Quasimodo is supposed to be like a half man. We know that from the Hunchback of Notre Dame, right? Okay, yes. Um, But it also was like a young child, as newborn infants do. So that was used in Latin, in that scripture, that was used in the introit in the early church, early Mm -hmm. Catholic church. So it was called Quasimodo Sunday. Now, years later, the fictional character, Quasimodo, that was in Victor Hugo's 1831 French novel, Mm -hmm. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm not going to say it in French. He was found, Carrie, abandoned on the doorsteps of the Notre Dame Cathedral on the first Sunday after Easter. Really? And in the story, it says that he baptized his adopted child and called him Quasimodo, either because he wanted to indicate thereby the day on which he had found him, or because he wanted the name to typify just how incomplete and half-finished the poor little creature was. So that's a quote, Care, from Victor Hugo's book. He knew that that day, the second Sunday of Easter, was Quasimodo Day, and he named his main character Quasimodo. Quasimodo. You guys should see Carrie's face. She's like in shock. I feel like the podcast is over. What I mean, what else can we say? We just talked about Quasimodo. I know. It's so interesting. We haven't even mentioned the hymn yet. But I hope that these kinds of like tidbits of information are right. interesting right. to our listeners because they are so interesting to us. More so to Kelly than me. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Well, and we both love to read. So this is definitely like, you know, filling that. Yeah. And I I really, you know, loved the movie. The Disney movie. (laughs) Hunchback of Notre Dame. With Demi Moore. The music was amazing. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) 
Let's go to the movies. We actually haven't used that in we a while. We haven't used it in a while. I mean, we thought maybe that there would be hymns in all the movies, but then we <laughs> couldn't find them. But hey, yeah. here's one right here. Sort of. Sort of. I mean, it takes place in a cathedral. Yes. And it has this name, Quasimodo. Which I don't know if most people would even know, because that's the quote from the original novel. No, it seems like... Victor Hugo just made up that name to mean half, half man. Right, right. But, but the idea that it really means something else. Yeah. Uh, you know, some Ask bo- a quote from the Bible. Right, from Christ- Of all things. Right. So we had Thomas Sunday, Quasimodo Sunday, mm-hmm. and now we have Him Talk, Twin Talk Monday. <laughs> Good. All right, so uh, do you want to tell them the hymn? I think we should probably tell everyone the hymn. He, he lives. lives. <laughs> So, I mean, a fun, peppy tune that's also Easter, you know. Yes. I feel like people know. People know. Right. It's a great one. And, you know, it's really not necessarily like this Easter, Easter hymn. I mean, it's not talking about the resurrection no. or the empty no. tomb. Or, no. you know, it's not talking about the cross mm-hmm. or anything. It really is just about how we have a Savior who's alive. Right. We're going to talk later we'll about talk all about the inspiration and all where right. it came from. But because it's so much fun to sing, what do we? What do you say we just sing a little bit for yes, everyone? Yes, we are totally going to sing the first verse and the refrain mm-hmm. and... Please sing with us. Please sing with us. It's so fun. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around Okay, we have me. to stop. I could just keep going. It's so fun. I remember that. Do, 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 I know. Do, do, so I play do, do. it when yeah. I go back to repeat the next verse. Yeah. I do this little musical thing. Yeah. And I have to wonder if the original tempo was that fast. I don't know. I think it was because I we're going to talk later in the episode about how these were in these tent meetings. Yeah. And they were trying to bring fun, lively music yeah. into the tent meetings. They were updating, you know, the old tent meeting music. You know, this is after D.L. Moody, after A.J. Gordon. Mm. These are the tent meetings that are at the beginning of the 1900s. And I think they wanted a new Kind of music. Right. And I do think at these tent meetings, people were like dancing in the aisles. I mean, there was so much energy. Mm -hmm. So I think that this could go really fast and they could have a good time with it. So this is the new modern gospel song. Right. In the year, what, 1930? 1933. This was considered a very new hymn for a variety of reasons. We're going to talk about this. And you guys, what do churchgoers think? When there's a new song in church. (laughs) A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people don't like it. So this, I have to imagine, was a song that people really didn't like. Right. They wanted their old hymns, and they didn't like the newfangled gospel music. So this came out of these tent meetings, and we actually have sort of a new 
subgenre right. of music. Right. I love when we do this. I know. I don't know if everyone, anyone else cares about like these categories, but right. I think they're so cool. So this is him talk, twin talk. So we're talking about hymns, right? But really, these, this one, and like so many others, so many others are gospel songs. Mm-hmm. So this is a gospel song, not even technically a hymn, right? But then in this gospel song tradition, we actually have a little bit of a subgenre, right? And we can call this a testimonial hymn what's that what's that (laughs) yeah a testimonial hymn i mean i can honestly say that i've never heard this term before no but we know what the word testimony means do we (laughs) (laughs) yes we do know what the word testimony means and these people in the the tent meetings these people who this outpouring of music they want to write about your personal experience with the Lord. Right. So this is the hymn writer's testimony. Right. What What has his life been like with Jesus? Right. And he's telling us in this song. Right. And I'm sure you all know and could name other hymns and songs from our hymnal that are, oh, really testimonial hymns. You know, you know, now that we pointed this out to you, you mm-hmm. know that these hymns talk about the personal relationship, your personal right. story with Christ. I mean, even a song like It Is Well With My Soul yeah. is really his testimony, mm-hmm. his testimony of, of how he was feeling and his experience and how God carried him through. And I actually think if you go back and look at the timeline, you're going to find that what Horatio Spafford did with It Is Well With My Soul was kind of revolutionary. Right. Those testimonial hymns weren't being done no, back then. No. We're seeing them a good like 50, 60 years later. Right. Right. He was ahead of his time, Carrie. So let's name a few. I mean, I think of Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. Yes. <laughs> Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. I love it. Oh, yeah, that has a feel that's very similar to. Definitely. Right. Right, lives. but then you have other testimonial hymns. How about something like Higher Ground? Mm-hmm. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I onward bound, Lord plant my feet on higher ground. Awesome. I, I mean, know. super fun. And that song is an example of one that could maybe go a little slower. Yeah, that doesn't true. have to be that fast. I know. But of course there's slower Oh, testimonial hymns. Oh, how about... In the garden, one of one of the more popular ones. Yeah. And he walks with, with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I hope you're singing along. That's a great one. I know. How about, I love this one. I stand amazed at the presence. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And wonder how he could love me. A sinner condemned, unclean. So there are some fantastic examples of testimonial hymns. 
And I'm sure you can think of even more, you hymn lovers out there. Right. Next time you're singing and that tune pops into your head, you're going to think, is this a testimonial hymn? Right. Now, the funny thing is, is that we love these testimonial hymns. We're mm-hmm. brought back to them. We want to hear them. We love them. They remind us of so many awesome things. And maybe they remind us of our own spiritual journey, which right. is all great. And this current Christian contemporary music, mm-hmm. praise and worship songs that, that would fall in this category too. The problem is, as a current director of worship at a church, I don't like those hymns. You don't. I don't like those songs. I mean, really, you don't love them? I mean, you I don't, don't like them? like them. I don't like them. And I've had this conversation with many people. I don't like them for congregational worship. It doesn't seem as authentic to have 200 people singing a song that says, I had this experience, or I feel this way, or he has said to me, I am his own. That's I, I feel like it's hard to sing that. And so there's these contemporary songs that do this a lot, mm-hmm. and people love them. And I'm not saying they don't have their place in worship. They do. I think maybe they could be a special music. They could right. be done by a right. soloist. And this is something we talk about a lot in worship because someone might say, I don't like that song. I don't like when we sing it. And, you know, people have their own opinions. Of course. But I can't possibly only choose hymns that every single person in the church likes. That's impossible. Right. So if there is a song that doesn't speak to you, that you don't like, that maybe you roll your eyes, I always say when that song comes up, use that time to pray that that song is a blessing to someone else. Right. Yeah. And also just pray that the Lord is glorified through the singing of it, even if it doesn't feel totally meaningful to you in that moment. Right. So I'd like to think that hymn writers, you know, from the past and even contemporary songwriters now write songs and write their lyrics that are their personal story. So it is important to them. It is their authentic story, even if it isn't ours. And that's why, you know, the hymn inspiration is so good to know and talk about. So that's our little word that we made up. If you're just tuning in to Hymn Talk to Hymn Talk, (laughs) that's our word. We call it hymn inspiration and it's what inspires right. the writing and those that inspiration can come from anywhere right specifically in these testimonial hymns right you have to think that the hymn inspiration came from their personal testimony right but so let's hear let's hear about this hymn writer's story okay so his name was the reverend alfred henry ackley and there is a whole story about why he wrote this song all right so this is his Inspiration. Okay, so he is in California in the year 1932, and he is doing these evangelistic meetings, and he has this man who keeps attending the meetings. He's a young man, and he keeps saying, why should I worship this Jesus? He's dead. Why should I worship him? And in the story, you gather that this man attended the meetings frequently and always had this kind of reaction. Right. This bothered Reverend Ackley so much. Now, one Easter morning, Mm -hmm. as he wakes up early preparing his message, he puts on the radio. Yeah. And he hears this liberal preacher in New York say, good morning, it's Easter. You know, folks, it really doesn't make any difference to me if Christ be risen or not. As far as I'm concerned, his body could be as dust in some Palestinian tomb. The main thing is, his truth goes marching on. Now, Reverend Ackley was so angry, he took the radio and threw it across the room and yelled, that's a lie. (laughs) 
Now, during the Easter service that morning, he preached with such strength and urgency about the reality of Christ's resurrection. That anger, though, didn't leave him completely. Right. You know when something bothers you? Yes. And you can't get it out of your head? He was mad about the guy who attended the tent meeting. He's mad about the guy on the radio. The guy on the radio. And his wife told him to do what he does best. She suggested he write a song. (laughs) And she said that it would make him feel better. Of course it would. (laughs) So he went to his study. He reread the resurrection account from the book of Mark. And soon the words began to just pour from him. He put the music to words and he basically answered the question, why should I worship this dead guy, Jesus? Mm -hmm. So why should you worship him? Because he he lives. lives. (laughs) All right, so Kelly, why don't we hear all of Reverend Ackley's words while I play his tune? Okay. Now, Reverend Ackley wrote both the words and the music. Right. It is all him, which we haven't really had that in a while. I know. We've been having a lot of collaborations. So, Reverend Alfred Henry Ackley, and he lives. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see his loving care, and though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of his appearing will come at last. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find, none other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives. So the funny thing is, is that this really isn't a song about Jesus's resurrection. (laughs) It's a song about Jesus in the world today. How he intercedes on our behalf, how he's with us, how he walks with us and loves us. Mm -hmm. He is living and ever present. So it's a hymn that can be sung all year round, right, Gary? Absolutely. I would totally sing this year round. Yes. So let's talk about this Reverend Ackley. Yes. Reverend Alfred Henry Ackley was born on January 21st, 1887 in Spring Hill, Pennsylvania. He wrote over 1,500 hymns. Wow. Yes. This hymn was written in 1933, and it appears in 142 hymnals. Right. Which I do find a little surprising. Yes. On the one hand, it's his by far most popular hymn. Mm -hmm. But being in only 143 hymnals, it's not that popular. Right, right. So, like we said before, he wrote the words and the music. Mm -hmm. But for many hymns, he actually partnered with his brother. Right. And this was another clue that we talked about this week. Because we were so excited to find another sibling pair. Super fun. I mean, last week we had the Wesleys. Right. And now we have the Ackleys. Right. So, Do you think the Ackleys drove their mother crazy like the Wesleys did? (laughs) 
Do you think the Ackleys would have a podcast? <laughs> Maybe. Him talk? Brother, brother talk. talk. <laughs> so these brothers were not twins. No. They were like as far apart as you can be. I know. They were 15 years different. They weren't. There yeah. was a big age difference, yep. but they did collaborate on many hymns. Now, we just said that um, Reverend Ackley did the words and the music, but for many, many hymns, he just did the words and right. his brother Bentley did the music. Right. And- Bentley DeForest Ackley, he wrote the tunes to like over 3,000 hymns. Right, right. I mean, this, both of them were so accomplished and talented right. on their own. Right. But then they came together and they wrote amazing stuff together. Right. They both were really good musicians. Yes. So that's, they had that going for them. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even like need the other one. They were writing, they were good right. writers on their own. I mean, Reverend Ackley, before he went to school for theology, right. he was at the Royal School of Music in London as a cello major. Right. And then he ended up getting the call. He dropped the cello and he went to the Westminster Theological Seminary. And that's where he got his degree. He was ordained as a Presbyterian minister. Right Now, there is this funny quote by a hymn writer named Dr. Oswald Smith, which I'm sure we'll talk about him in other Someday, episodes. definitely. But he wrote a hymn called There is Joy in Serving Jesus, which people may recognize. I know. I kind of know it. He wrote the words and this brother, Bentley wrote the music. Right. So after Dr. Smith heard the Ackley Brothers hymns, he said that he wrote his first hymn with him, but from the time he met him and his brother, he said he stopped writing music altogether because they could do it so much better than him. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is so this this guy says, they're the best writers right. I've seen. I, I don't even want to write anymore. <laughs> I'm out. But their hymns aren't even that popular. They're I not know. that famous. They haven't stood the test of time. No. So we have He Lives, which we know, but the fact that it's only in 143 hymnals makes right. me think that some of our listeners do not know it. Right. And then there's... Over 3,000 other hymns that no one's ever heard of, too. No, we went through that list, you guys. And none of them were hymns that we knew. No, they didn't even sound familiar. Yeah, so we thought we would share one with you. Yeah, let's do, <laughs> let's find some obscure Ackley Brothers hymn and we'll sing it for you. And then we'll wonder why it's not still popular. <laughs> okay, so this is called I'll Tell to All That God is Love. And you'll hear it, and you'll see that it kind of sounds a little bit like a testimonial yeah, hymn. a little bit. But it also sounds like a mission hymn. Mm-hmm. So, so funny. These guys wrote this in 1923, the Ackley Brothers. I'll tell to all that God is love, for the world has never known. The great compassion of his heart for the wayward and the lone. Till the whole, till the whole world knows. Till the whole, till the whole world knows. I will shout and sing of Christ my King. Till the whole world knows. <laughs> What'd you think? I mean, that's fun. But how many hymnals is that in? One. One. <laughs> Hey, so if you know that song. I know. I wonder if anyone knows it. I'll tell to all that God is love by the Ackley Brothers. Hey, if you know that song, will you let us know? Right. Hashtag Ackley Brothers. Hashtag Ackley Brothers. I mean, they're awesome. So let's talk about these guys. So the brothers worked together mm-hmm. for a short time. They were together for a few years working for the evangelist Billy Sunday. Right. Now, Billy Sunday w- was like this leader of tent revival meetings in this in-between era. 
So, Cal, if like D.L. Moody right. and Ira Sankey died at the end of the 1800s, right. and then Billy Graham doesn't come around until like 1949, right. we have this gap, and guess who fills it? Billy, Billy Sunday. Sunday. I mean, what an awesome What name. a great name. What a great name. So, Bentley, the brother Bentley, was the organist and pianist for eight years, so mm-hmm. he was there for a while, mm-hmm. and... Alfred, he worked with him for a few years. So there was a few years that these two worked together right. for Billy Sunday. So Billy Sunday started his career as a baseball player. Now he was a professional baseball player. He was drafted by the Chicago White Stockings <laughs> in 1883. Uh-oh. He moved on to the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Philadelphia Athletics. So at the end of his career, he's he's actually very good. He has a .261 batting average. <laughs> We're not really sure what that means, but we think it means he's good. I mean, I asked my son, and Miles told me that that's that's pretty good for a professional baseball player. Not amazing. Right, and he's playing for the Philadelphia Athletics, which is a great team. (laughs) We cheer them on every year when we go to Philly. (laughs) We do like baseball. We do, but we just like the Red Sox. And the hot dogs. <laughs> All right. So he is this professional baseball player. The YMCA actually convinces him to leave baseball to preach at their services. Right. And he does it. His first meeting was made up of about 500 men who didn't know anything about him as a preacher, but just wanted to see the former baseball right, player. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After he worked with the YMCA, he ended up tr- working with traveling evangelists. Mm-hmm. And he was invited to conduct his own revival in Garner, Iowa. And then he he really had a calling and he had a following. He did. He ne- there was never a Sunday that he wasn't preaching somewhere. Mm-hmm. People wa- invited him and wanted to come. And he was joined by, you know, either one of the Ackleys or both of them. But he also, the big collaboration here that I think is important is that he was joined by Homer Rodeheaver. Rhoda Heaver? <laughs> no, Rhoda Heaver? Rhoda Heaver. Rhoda Haver. Owned the mu- his own music publishing company. Yes. And so it started out where they were just printing the song sheets for the tent meetings. Right. But then they moved on to sheet music publications and hymnals. Mm-hmm. The Ackleys worked so closely with Rhoda Heaver. You can just see this this group of men, right? right? And they all have their own you know, abilities. I mean, Rhoda Heaver is the publisher. He maybe has the business mind. Billy Sunday is the awesome preacher. Right. I mean, he yes. has a following that people are coming to hear right. him speak. He's, char- he's charismatic. He, people want to hear him. And then you have the, the, these guys who are so good at music. The Ackley Brothers. Mm-hmm. So talented at writing hymns. So here's a little fun fact. Okay. The Rotor Heaver Music Publishing Company had many hits. Right. Many hymn hits. What should I call them, Kelly? Hymn hits. It's, <laughs> hits that are hymns. Hymns that are hits. They were the first company to publish... The, the Old, old rugged, rugged Cross and In the, the garden. garden. Yeah, so they are publishing super popular, much-loved hymns. And I don't think it's a coincidence that The Old Rugged Cross and In the Garden can both be considered testimonial hymns. Mm-hmm. I just think those are the hymns that were popular at the time. Mm-hmm. Those are the hymns that they're putting in their hymnal and at the turn of the century. Those are the hymns. So you talked a little bit about this idea that testimonial hymns maybe aren't 100% relatable to all people. Right. So there has been some criticism to this song, He Lives. Right. Do you want to just talk a little bit about what the problem is? Sure, sure. I mean, one of the problems is it doesn't really talk about Jesus 
Jesus's resurrection. I mean, the opening line says, I serve a risen savior. So that's it. You know, that's all it says. I mean, it's not up from the grave he arose. It's not, you know, because he lives. It's There's no like promise of of hope because he's alive. Right. So there's no nothing about the resurrection. Right. Like he once was dead and now he's alive. It's right. just that he is living. Right. His aim in writing the song was just to say why we should worship right. him. Now that we know the inspiration, right. it really does make sense. Right. But looking at it from a purely like theological right. viewpoint, um, there are some problems with it. In a worship setting, when you want your congregation to worship, when mm-hmm. you want your congregation to feel close to the Lord, when you have lines in your hymn that say things like, in all the world around me, I see his loving care. Or how about I hear his voice of cheer and just the time I need him, he's always near. I mean, of course we know that to be true, but frankly, it sounds a little trite. Right. So it ends up sounding just a little bit silly and it's not full of as much depth and truth as it could be. Is there anything in here that isn't true? No. No, it's all true. It's all true, but it's just not enough of what right. you want your people to be singing. I mean, we say it in our in our trailer, don't we? Right. That the words that you sing become the words that you believe. They are right. the words of your heart. I think the biggest problem, though, of this hymn is that final line. Which is so fun to sing. Right. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. So he is attempting to answer the question. You want to know, you ask me how I know, how do I know he lives? And the answer is that, well, he lives within my heart. Right. So some people who would argue that that's not sufficient evidence. Right. You're not proving anything right. that he's alive, living in heaven, watching over us, that he's ever present. You're just saying he lives in your heart. Right. And, and what does that even mean? That doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for a, a hymn to sing with your congregation that has sufficient evidence right. of the resurrection of Christ, this isn't one of them. Okay. But it could definitely still be used alongside something else. Right. Like this hymn wouldn't be enough to stand alone, but may, but a good worship director would pair it sure. with another hymn so that you do get both the personal evidence, I know he lives because he's within my heart, mm-hmm. and also the scriptural evidence. So it's, I don't think it's, it's still worth singing. I think you just have to be careful that you don't have a whole service made up of personal testimonies, hymns and songs, Mm -hmm. because that's just not really enough. Right. Um, And when we talk, we talked about this with, were you there? Mm -hmm. You're not always just worshiping Christ. You're retelling his story. Right. And this, this doesn't retell any story. It really doesn't. No. No. So, but you could still use it as long as you have retelling of stories in other ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would love to just talk for a little bit about how Ackley says, I know he lives because he lives in my heart. So there's not a whole lot of examples in the Bible where they're talking about Jesus living in our hearts. Right. I mean, a lot of it is like the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, I think of Romans 5, 5. What does the Bible <laughs> say? It says, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit right. who has been given to us. So God's love is in your hearts. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is in you. Mm-hmm. But there are a few passages yeah. in the Bible. I mean, I, this famous passage, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with, with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ 
who lives lives in in me. me. Yeah. Another great verse. This is from the Old Testament. Ezekiel 36, verse 27. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in Mm -hmm. my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. When you see a spiritual concept in both the Old and the yeah. New Testament, it just shows you how powerful it is. Yeah. Um, Ephesians three sixteen through 17, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Mm-hmm. So right there, it's saying Christ will dwell in your heart. In your hearts. You know, we were kids and we talked about salvation, you know, with our parents and with our Sunday school teachers. It was ask Jesus to come into your heart. Right. That was part of like the sinner's prayer that we said, which, you know, there are people who say that that's silly. Explaining it to a child, it, it seemed to make sense. But right. it's just about asking Jesus into your life right. and giving him the first place. Right. Telling him, you know, you are going to rely on him for everything. You are committing your life mm-hmm. to him. That has some that has become like synonymous to having Jesus live in your heart. Right. And there's all sorts of phrases, you know, turn your life over mm-hmm. to Christ, make Christ the captain of your ship, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and, th- and they all really mean the same thing. So whatever kind of resonates with you. Right. And when you are witnessing to someone and mm-hmm. telling, about, telling them about Jesus, you know, you need to find the thing that's going to resonate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... When we were younger, it was definitely the sinner's prayer. I did the sinner's prayer with our, with all of my children. And I still do the sinner's prayer at our church with, with our mm-hmm. children, with people. It's just a real solid way of explaining what you have to do. You know, you right. acknowledge that you're a sinner. We, you have to admit that you sin. Right. You have to admit that you need God in your life. You have to admit that you're sorry and that you want to try to do better. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the sinner's prayer does. And then Jesus does come inside you. The Holy Spirit is a part of you. And that's how you're able to live, you know, according to his word. Because that's not an easy thing. I mean, that's Romans 10, 9. Right. Right. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So the sinner's prayer is like Romans 10, Mm -hmm. 9, just a little bit more (laughs) <laughs> a few more words. A few more words. But that's it. It's it's acknowledging you're a sinner and believing right. that you are saved through Jesus' death. Jesus paid the price for you. Right. And that's all salvation is. If you're listening and you do not know how to be saved and how right. to follow Christ, that's all it is. You confess with your mouth that he is Lord. He is Lord of your life. He is Lord of everything that you do. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you will be saved. And just like Reverend Ackley said in this hymn, you will see him in the world around you. He is here. He is present. He is alive. Yes. He's the hope of all who seek him. He's the help of all who find. He is ever present in our world. And that is what we celebrate on Easter. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's way too big to celebrate for only one day. (laughs) You have to celebrate it for all of the weeks after. And when you know that to be true, Mm -hmm. your response is to rejoice. And that's what Reverend Ackley says. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Yeah. All right. So we have some singers who are singing He Lives for You today. Right. We're so excited to share this with you. This is the praise team at... Heritage Park Baptist Church. This is in Webster, Texas. We have family in Texas. I say we go and take a visit to this church in Webster. Do we have our captain? 
This is your captain speaking. <laughs> the worship director there is named Frank Aragon, and he told us that this, that it was just a couple of weeks after COVID hit last year and the church was closed, and he sent the parts out to his praise team. They were all in their own homes because the church was closed, and they were able to make this recording. Right. They did a great all job. All being at their own houses, and he was able to put them together. And, you know, we've tried to we've do that at our that. church. It's not easy. It's not easy. He did a great job, and it's kind of updated and yes. fun. They have a bass guitar, electric guitar. I yeah. think you guys are going to really and, like this. And we talked to him, and he loves old hymns, and he loves kind of recreating them in new ways. So I hope you guys like Frank. Aragon's version of He Lives. Okay, here we go. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always here. Oh, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today And he walks with me And he talks with me Along life's narrow way He lives, he lives Salvation to implore You ask me how I know He lives, he lives it in my heart yeah. Alright, sing it In all the world around me I see his loving care And though my heart grows weary I never Cause I know that he is leading through all the stormy paths. The day of his appearing will come at last. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. And he walks with me and he talks with me along that stairway. He lives, he lives. Salvation to Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. Another is so loving, so good and kind. Well, He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today, and He walks with me, and He talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives. Salvation to Him. He walks with me and he talks with me along that narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to him. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Oh, that was so 
much fun to listen to. You know, they have their services on YouTube. You can find them, Heritage mm-hmm. Park Baptist Church. Hey, we'll put their information on our social media. Yes. And you know what, you guys? If you aren't following us on social media, please do. We have a lot of listens. Mm-hmm. We know that you're out there, but we don't see you following us on Instagram and Twitter. So please reach out to us. Follow us, like us, share, retweet. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Definitely. This was so much fun talking about this hymn that I just love. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to put the sinner's prayer up on our social media, Mm -hmm. too. So if that's something you haven't seen or you haven't prayed it, please consider doing that. And once you do, and you, you are a new creation in Christ, you are new and you celebrate the risen Savior. Mm -hmm. So our final verse for the podcast is 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17. And it's telling us who you are in Christ once you are a follower of his. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So all you temples out there, thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for supporting Hymn Talk Twin Talk. Mm -hmm. We hope you were able to laugh and sing and worship right with us. Right. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Keep singing. Bye.